Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Future with your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam. This is a political and philosophical podcast that follows current events, primarily in the United States. Here we look at our nation's and our world's laws, views, people, and issues, our possible solutions to those issues, as well as how we might do better so that there may one day be a bright future. As always, the rules. One, do not insult others, but instead discuss and debate each other's arguments in a respectful manner. Two is to take into account new information, perspectives, and ideas, and keep your opinions flexible to match them. Three is Hanlon's razor. Do not attribute to malice that which could be explained by stupidity. Four is Occam's razor. Keep in mind that simpler explanations that make the least assumptions are more likely to be correct. Five is Hitchin's razor. That which can be stated without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. However, there are exceptions for basic universal truths like the earth is an oblate spheroid and 2 plus 2 equals 4. And lastly, 6 is the Sagan standard. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence to prove. While I do record these episodes in a voice chat that anyone is free to join, this podcast isn't popular enough yet to regularly have other members join to follow these rules. That being said, they still stand at, if you are listening to this on YouTube or for the chat room, or if you're in my Discord server. They also apply directly to me, and I always keep them in mind while writing and recording these episodes. With no further delay, let's begin. First, I thought I'd go with a little bit of a personal story. My job is in customer service, and, well, my job is to be the supervisor that you get transferred to when you're upset with the first person that you speak with. And as a result, when I get people on the line, usually, well, not always, but sometimes, they can be pretty upset with me just right off the bat. And from one person, now, warning, this is going to be pretty explicit, because I am quoting them directly, but I'm not, I can't give any details about who they are or anything, of course. I'm quoting them directly. Quote, I hope you get raped in prison. Why would you hope that someone else would do that? Why would... Well, anyway, I really, really wanted to just reply right back to that with, I am perfectly happy with the circumference of my sphincter, thank you very much, but sadly, the vicious comeback option is not available while in customer service mode. Anyway, that was like the little story that I had at work for this weekend here, but normally when I make these episodes, I'll write a full proper script in the downtime between doing various things at work. It gives me time to think through and fully form an opinion before I commit it to one of these recordings. But this week, unfortunately, work's been crazy, so I didn't have time to write one down like that for the first time. Uh, excuse me. I didn't have time to write down one of these for the first time since, well, since I started writing these episodes properly and since I fully formed how I was going to do these episodes. So instead, this week's going to be a bit more ad-lib. I've got like a basic bullet point type thing of what I want to cover with, but I didn't have time to fully form or even fully read all of the things that I was going to go over. So... Keep that in mind as we go through this. First, I wanted to talk about my, uh, well, a lot of personal issues that I've been having in my life over the past couple of weeks. I had a pretty major surgery, a minor amputation, uh, which means a lot of hospital trips and 
probably a lot of hospital bills that still haven't actually arrived in the mail because when I was going through all of this, the hospital was under attack by a ransomware virus. The hospital did eventually pay for the ransomware, but it's so much to the point that they don't even know if I scheduled the appointment or if the surgery was an emergency or if I was inpatient or outpatient, and no one there even remembers. That's not very good. Especially for me, because I'm going to have to be paying the bill on this, and they're probably going to try and twist it to make me pay as much as possible. Which would make sense from a business standpoint, but that doesn't make me very happy. On top of that, my rent, my rental agreement is coming up for renewal in January, and... I was looking at the new rent options for my new lease agreement to find out how much I was going to have to be paying every single month for, you know, my my home. And my rent is going up by at least 10%. That's on top of the 10% increase from the last time I renewed my lease a year ago. And now, I, I know inflation's been crazy, but like... My paycheck hasn't gotten any bigger, but my bills have. And with this latest rent increase, I'm not going to be able to afford to continue living here. I have to find a new apartment, which is really annoying because I had surgery and I'm not allowed to lift any more than 10 pounds. I tried, believe me, I did, and I developed a complication within a few hours, so... I've decided I'm going to listen to the doctor's advice and not try that again. So not only am I going to have to move, I'm going to have to hire someone to pack my whole apartment and move everything that I own for me. I can't do it myself and probably won't be able to for several more months after, well, my lease is already up. Other apartments in my area even require fees to even just apply to live there, but without any guarantee of getting accepted. Or, in a few cases, I found two apartments that required a fee to let me tour them. So, as you can see, I'm a little stressed right now because I'm getting crushed between my pocketbook and my expenses. It's not very good for the healing process. But, like, with all of this economy problem and stuff, this is a political podcast, so... I went to go and see what my government was doing to try and jam a spanner between the walls of this trash compactor that I'm stuck in right now. Because, well, first I wanted to start with this. A lot of people would like to say, the government is not the solution to the problem, the government is the problem. But our government has done incredible things to save, recover, and rapidly change the course of our economy... In the past, it stopped the Midwest from becoming a dust bowl during the Great Depression. It eradicated malaria. It's capable of doing great things. But it's not. Why? Why is it just sitting there and doing nothing while people like me are getting crushed between everything, between my hospital bills and my rent and every other bill that's slamming me? Well... Biden put out a statement, and I'm going to show it to you. Well, if you're watching this on stream, I'm going to show it to you. Otherwise, I'm going to read it. And as we read it, 
Well, I'm going to be quoting parts of it, but, well. I'm also going to give you, like, my first shot opinion on this, because this is the second time I'm reading this. Remarks by President Biden on lowering costs for American families came out two days ago, November 5th, 2022. It starts off with his introduction. Hello, hello, how are you doing? I I was at a big rally a lot long ago last year, and I said, everybody take a seat. And the press said, Biden is so stupid he didn't know they didn't have chairs. Wait, wait. Okay, so I'm rereading this intro here. He's saying, so this is from like an actual like speech and remarks that he made, right? To the press. So I'm going to read the full thing here so that way you get like the context. Hello, hello. Hey, Dick, how are you? Please take a seat. If, take a seat if you have one. I was at a big rally not long ago last year. I said, everybody take a seat. And the press said, Biden is so stupid he didn't know they didn't have any chairs. And that's it. That's all he said. Well, okay. I, I can understand trying to correct that fallacy and starting it off with a joke. So you're at least making it easier for us to read, right? Or listen to if you're doing it. He introduces everyone else here. Um, speaks very highly of them, of course. Talking about the, the senators that are present with him all the way through here. Congressman, uh, or Congresswoman, sorry. Um, I Okay, here's the actual part where he starts. I, like many of you, have been a considerable consumer of health care in my family, losing family members as well as saving family members. I spent a lot of time early on with myself in a nice you a long time ago. Yes, a car crash when he was younger. Um, and, you know, docs allow you to let you live. Hold on. Doctors allow you to let you live? That's, that's a little concerning. Doctors need to give me permission in order to live? Their, their job is to save my life, not allow me to live. But, uh... You know, I often say, if there are any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. Doctors let you live, nurses make you want to live. No, I'm not joking, male and female. I remember being in an ICU and looking at all those monitors after a nine-hour operation and thinking to myself, I'm not, I wasn't hurting. I was just tired. I just wanted to let it go. I knew the line went flat. No, all kidding aside, I know some of you had a similar experience. And my nurse, I'll never forget her name, Pearl Nelson at Walter Reed, would come up to me and whisper in my ear, stroke my face, make me, talk to me, talk to me. And, you know, it's just amazing what nurses do. Uh... A strange, but a personal story to kind of help relate. Okay. Uh, I can understand going, talking about that. Um, Lauren is the person you can always count on. She's always there, you know, in just her first two terms of office. You got 10 pieces of legislation passed into law. A lot of my Republican colleagues will send 10 years and they'll get one piece passed into law. Yeah, because you're blocking them, but whatever. But all kidding aside, you know, lowering these health care costs, improving care for women who serve in the armed forces, increasing the number of veterans trained in health care jobs, protecting America's supply of critical prescription drugs and medical devices, and most of these are bipartisan efforts you put together. Okay, so I, I know you're, you're saying that you're trying to lower health care costs, but 
You haven't mentioned any legislation you've introduced that actually does that apart from the Inflation Reduction Act. And the Inflation Reduction Act does so much harm that I'm not sure the good that it does for lowering health care costs is a good thing. By the way, when Lauren does her job, it reminds me of what my dad used to say. I'm not looking at... Oh my gosh. He's Okay, let's read this quote. I'm going to quote this whole paragraph. And, by the way, when Lauren does her job, it reminds me of what my dad used to say. He used to say, I'm not looking to the government to solve my problems. I just want them to understand my problems. She understands. Part of it is understanding what your constituents need. When you can help, help. And when you can't, when there's no real answer, tell them the truth and work like hell to try and find an answer. I'm not looking to the government to solve my problems. I just want them to understand my problems. That's the thing, though. The people in the government are supposed to be the best of us, right? They're, well, yeah, they're supposed to be the best of us. They're representing us, right? So they should have been through these experiences that, well, similar experiences that we have here. And Biden even mentions how he's spent time in the ICU. And, well, I've went through the hospital recently with all that surgery and everything. It wasn't to the same degree, but the point is, I can relate to him, he can relate to me. So he understands my problem of the finances of the situation. The problem now is that he's not doing anything about it. Because there's an answer to this. There is a way to fix it. And I'm sure that if you tried, you probably could find it. But you're not working like hell to try and find an answer. You're just putting out statements like this saying that we understand, but you're not doing anything to actually solve the problems. And you're even trying to lampshade it by saying that your dad um, even had a quote that he didn't want them to solve the problems, he just wants them to understand. Why didn't he look to the government to solve his problems? That's what the government's for. It's supposed to structure everything that we can build our lives off of. It's the central tree trunk that we can branch off of to build the rest of our life. So when a tree's branch starts to die the trunk needs to give more support to it or just cut it off completely like that. That would also work, but that would really suck for the branch and I'm the branch here. I'm not, I'm not happy with this speech so far, so, but that's okay. We're barely scrolled down at all. So hopefully you're going to talk about something, how you're actually working to help. Right. And I, quite frankly, I've been in the Congress a long time. Yes, Biden, you've been in the Congress since you were 25 and you're now 79. Never thought I'd have to make this speech. Do you think we'd ever be in this position? You know, these programs do something so basic and yet so important. You know that after working hard for decades, people deserve to retire, as my dad used to say, with some dignity, a word he most often used. Everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity. Okay, I can agree with that as well. And the idea that a hardworking person would retire and be in real trouble, deprived of their dignity, is something beyond comprehension to most of us. That's how it should be in the United States. I'm sorry, did you just say that a hardworking person would retire, be in real trouble, and deprived of their dignity, and that's how it should be 
in the United States? Okay. Um, a little confusing. I, I'm hoping that's not what you meant. Lauren talks about the people she grew up with and the people she represents. They're, you know, they're folks we all know. I, I don't know them. You're in this auditorium. They're the people I grew up with. Imagine a nurse from Lauren's hometown in Naperville who's been serving patients for decades. She paid into the medical sir, Medicare system and the social security system with every paycheck. She's getting ready to retire. This nurse, imaginary nurse, is trying to take make plans for a future. And she's counting on Medicare. She's counting on social security to be there for her, paid into her life. I mean, I am paying into social security myself. Um... Which is really annoying because it's going to run out sometime. It's projected to run out sometime in the 2030s, which is far before I retire. Imagine that young dad coming, working in a warehouse uh, at home, comes home every day. He's not thinking about retirement yet, but one day he will. And he'll be grateful for Social Security and Medicare. Paying, he's paying into right now with those calloused hands and aching back for the family. I mean, it's real. Hold on. Imagine that young dad working in a warehouse in Joliet with little kids at home. It's a hard job. Comes home every day. He's not thinking about retirement yet, but one day he will. And he'll be grateful for the Social Security and Medicare paying, that he's paying into right now with those calloused hands and aching back. We'll be there for he and his family. I mean, it's real. Yeah, um, Social Security and Medicare is real, but again... It's projected to run out sometime in the 2030s. So when it does and I end up retiring, I will have paid into something that I will get nothing back out of. Which is why I need to plan for my own retirement separately. Which I can't do because I'm getting crushed between my other bills. Back to the statement. If I could just pause for a second, I remember my I was lucky when my mom was passing away, when my mom moved in after my dad died and moved into my house with me. It was a great thing because my sister was nearby and my two brothers. My mom was fiercely independent, and I remember she used to go up to the local drugstore to get her prescriptions. And she wouldn't tell us, but she didn't have enough money to pay for some of those prescriptions. And so to save her pride, I went up and gave them a credit card and said, whatever she whatever she has, whatever prescription she has, Fill it and said she has enough money and she's paying for it. It's paid for. We didn't want her to know because she would have said no. It's pride, dignity. Imagine a new retiree who just turned 65. In the past few years, he's been dealing with diabetes, heart disease, he even got a pacemaker. Takes several medicines a day, sometimes as many as 12. A hassle. But without Social Security and Medicare, it would be possible for him to afford the care he needs. I mean... Yes, that is also true. There's a problem with Social Security and Medicare now, but I'm worried about me, remember? I gotta care about, I gotta help myself before I can help anyone else. So, as much as I'd like to try and help someone else, I'm young and I want to be able to, you know, have a long and full life in front of me. Anyway, back to the quote. I mean, literally, you know people. Some of you fit this bill. Most folks don't know their social security. Almost half of all seniors without it. Half of all seniors lived in poverty before we had social security. Half the senior population in America not enough money to put food on the table until Medicare came along. No health care they could count on. That would be terrible. That was before social security, though. Now we do have social security. 
but it's projected to run out. And think about what it does to your sense of security. I'm assuming he's going to address the it's about to run out or it's projected to run out in 10, 20 years. Is that what he's trying to do? Is he trying to fix it? Because if he fixes it and he fixes it properly, that's something I could support. But that's a long-term thing. I need to worry about lowering costs for American families, for American me, right now. Like, in the next two months now. Social Security and Medicare doesn't solve it all, but there's a rock. We've counted on you. It's a rock-solid guarantee, an ironclad commitment. Generations of America have counted on it, and it works. If we didn't have Social Security, the power rate for those over 65 would be four times what it is now. I love those signs when I came in. Socialism. Give me a break. What idiots. Socialism. Well, hold on. Are you making fun of people for holding signs that describe exactly what you're trying to do? Because socialism is basically where it's kind of like capitalism. It's kind of like communism. It's like the middle ground, right? They take some money out of your paycheck and use it to give like a, a basic guaranteed income to as many people as possible to ensure that. And that's what socialism is. That's what social security is. That's why it's called socialism and social security. That, that's the same thing. And you're like saying what idiots to them, but they're right. That's what it is and it needs to be fixed. In this district alone, more than 100,000 people over the age of 65 in Lawrence District. Some people have means. I'm trying to find parts of this that are actually going to be relevant, right? Um, there, look. Take prescription drugs. Folks who pay the highest price for prescription drugs of any developed nation in the world. Same drug, same exact one, made by the same company, sold in Chicago and sold in Paris. It's cheaper in Paris. Not a joke. No rationale for it. None. And many of these drugs have come up with the consequence of government research. I'm glad they came up with them. That's actually quite true. I've heard, actually, I'm not sure, um, price of, of penne, penicillin. Price of penicillin. The cost of penicillin is... $12 for six tablets. Well, um, price of penicillin in U.S. Price of penicillin in the United States is... Uh, this is really hard to tell. How much are antibiotics in the U.S.? In penicillin across the world. Let's go to images and see... If there's like a chart that'll help. I'm not sure if any of these are true because they're all dot coms, right? Oh, Forbes, this might help. Fragile antibiotic supply chain causes shortage and it's national security threat. When was this made? Or maybe the, that's too small to read. Um, 
Well, I could wish I could find more, but... Yeah, like... Oh, drug prices. That's, that's Facebook. I'm not trusting that. <laughs> Whoops. CDC. That might help. Community... And, oh, that's per population across the United States. Um... Because, uh, like, I know the price of penicillin in the United States is way higher than it is everywhere else, right? Medicare will finally have the power to negotiate lower prescription drug prices, just like VA. Yes, that that is included in the Inflation Reduction Act, kind of, but there's a loophole to it. I mentioned it in a previous episode. Um, if you've read the Inflation Reduction Act, though... I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. It is 775 pages. Um, there's, I'm going to try to explain it the best I understood it from actually reading the bill. I do recommend reading it yourself to make sure you get it exactly right. But basically, part of the Inflation Reduction Act says that there would be a limit, that Medicare would be able to limit how much per unit a or per basically per serving size a drug would cost right but you realize per serving size what if the prescription company changes the serving size so in order for you to get say you needed like one serving size per day of a certain drug to take care of your let's go with insulin you need one serving size of insulin to be able to eat because you have diabetes, right? They could keep... Medicare would have the ability to cap how much that one serving size could cost. And then the prescription drug company could turn around and make it so that that serving size is half the size it used to be. So now, instead of needing to buy one serving per day, you need to get two. Or maybe even 20 there's that loophole there, and it's just, it's big enough to fly a 747 through. Like, I thought of it in seconds, and I, I'm a high school, I'm a college dropout, and I thought of it in seconds. I have a high school degree, and that's it. There's so many holes in the Inflation Reduction Act. Is, is this trying to praise the Inflation Reduction Act for capping this? Well, I am only about halfway through the statement at this point, but... Is that what you're trying to say? Okay, because of the help of this delegation sitting in front of me, we capped this level. No senior starting January 1st will have to pay more than 2000 a year for all their drugs. Go back. Whether their bills are seven, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars 14000 a year, no more than 2000 a year, and the companies will still make a lot of money. Hold on. Hold, hold, the, hold right there. $2,000 on the Inflation Reduction Act. There is only one place that specific number is mentioned, and that's when it comes to insulin only. Insulin only. Not all prescriptions, just insulin. Caps caps the price of insulin to $2,000 a year for seniors starting January 1st. That's just insulin, though. That's not all prescriptions. Uh 
How many of you know somebody that needs insulin for their diabetes? Raise your hand. Every audience, see, almost everybody, half this audience raised their hands. Yeah, I'm raising my hand too. I, well, unfortunately my grandmother passed away, but she did used to need to take insulin. Um, know how much it costs to make that particular insulin? It costs $10. $10 to make it. That's it. 10 with packaged. Oh, and then, then he tries to switch microphone and everything. With it packaged, it costs maybe as much as $15 for a package of insulin. And that's true. Insulin is pretty easy to produce. Um, but a lot of our people are paying. Yeah, you're talking about just insulin. And the the insulin thing, that one works except that it also says that the rest of that, the out-of-pocket cost is capped to $35 a month. The out-of-pocket cost. The rest falls on your insurance. And that means that your insurance could just jack up your rate anyway. Right now, my health insurance takes out something like 37 bucks of every single paycheck. That's almost 60 bucks a month for my health insurance. And I still have a $2,000 deductible on that that I have to pay before anything else goes towards that. So capping no more than $35 a month for insulin is a good idea, except that you then just take the rest of it. You could have just capped the price of insulin at $35 a month. $35. That's it. Not the rest of it falls on insurance or anything like that. But that's what the Inflation Reduction Act says when it comes to insulin. Again, a loophole big enough to fly a, a jet through. Well, not just a jet, a passenger plane through. And also, this is just for seniors. This doesn't solve my problems. This is just for... You know there are more people than just seniors in America, right? At this point, over the next 30 years, they are going to end up being in the majority because... The birth rate is dropping and our average age is going up. But still, there are young people in this nation and they are struggling a lot. I know. I'm one of them. <laughs> and you just exempt me from all of this. Not that it would be helpful to me, but you exempted me from this. We're also making hearing aids more affordable, finally, for over-the-counters. You don't have to pay for the expensive distance. The FDA estimates it's going to save as much as $3,000 per pair of hearing aids. And one more thing. For the first time in a decade, senior Social Security checks are going to go up and Medicare is going to come down first time. Oh, okay, hold on. I wanted, I wanted to talk about this real quick. I currently work with Social Security, and I can't give any like kind of specifics or anything like that. I don't work for Social Security. But I work for a company that works for them. I work for a company that works for a company that works for Social Security. So I'm able to see these things. So I can't share details about any specific people, of course. Um, but I can tell you that, on average, an income for Social Security can outpace mine, my income, monthly. Because it is paid monthly. Usually it's about half of what my income is, but for some people, their income is worth, their monthly income for doing nothing, for retiring, is double that of mine. And I, I'm working right now. I have to. 
it upsets me a lot, but... Like, I don't want to take their money away, of course, but... I'm saying, I'm struggling here. I don't know what they did to deserve more money than me or anything like that. They might have done a lot of things. They've paid into it, so they deserve it, but... I'm getting crushed here, and you're talking about how you're going to help everyone who's older than me. I get... I get specifically exempted from all of this because of my age. I'm really upset about that. Of course, there's still the repeal of the Affordable Care Act they're trying to do. The Affordable Care Act is the reason why tens of millions of people have coverage because of a pre-existing condition. Okay, let's look that up, actually. Congress.gov. You can go to congress.gov and you can find every piece of legislation that our federal government is doing. So let's do... Affordable Care Act. Um, sort by... Crap. Uh, I want to sort by just... Yeah, legislation... Crap, which Congress was it in? Just saying Affordable Care Act isn't enough. Bill, status of legislation, law. The Inflation Reduction Act, American Rescue Plan Act, Structural Investment, Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, Consolidated Appropriations Act, National Defense Authorization Act, Supreme Court Security Funding, CARES Act. Um. Seriously? I can't find it. The Affordable Care Act. Which? Hold on. Let's just. Affordable Care Act. Oh, right. Um, Obamacare. I completely forgot. That's... I thought it was something recent. No, I... I was in middle school when this thing passed. Let's go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia is usually pretty, um... Scroll down, please. Oh, all the way down. You can go to the things here. Wow, that's a lot of resources. Over 400. Um, and congress.gov isn't one of those sources. It's strange. Oh, right. Congress.gov only shows the last... Does it only show the last two? Affordable Care Act would have been here. Let's 
What's the full name of the bill? It's the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, and colloquially known as Obamacare. I- I've never actually covered Obamacare because it's, well, it was made 10 years ago or 12 years ago now when I was back in middle school. Um, the long name was Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Oh, right here, H.R. 3590. Text. Public law. Actually, we'll read the summary first. This was 10 years ago, so hopefully... Quarles Health plans to provide coverage for and not to impose cost-sharing requirements for... Specified preventative items or services, recommended immunizations, recommended preventative care, screenings for as a health plan that provides dependent coverage of children to make such coverage available for unmarried adult child until the child turns 26 years of age. Right, so I went through a surgery and I have to, I gotta put my headphones down and take off my sweatshirt. I have two forms of medical care. I just realized I I still say I'm playing Destiny 2. I'm not. I am sitting here, and I am reviewing all of this. I wonder how I'm going to edit this episode. I might just make this one long recording, right, and do all of this live. Uh, Change this to just chatting. There we go. So, um, this thing. Requires a health plan. Requires uh, hospital to establish and make a public list of its standard charges and items. Ooh, is that an option? Public list of its standard charges for items and services. Can I find that? Immediate actions to preserve and expand coverage. Quality health insurance coverage role. All right, this basically made it so that, what's the part, not the whole thing needs to be reve- repealed, of course, but I'm saying, because a lot of it is actually really good, but, yeah, Biden's saying people are trying to repeal this? Why? Because. Well, I do like a lot of this, especially having two insurances that really help for me and my parents, right? Because if I have two insurances, both one through my job and one through my parents until I turn 26, I get double coverage, I hope. I'm not sure if that's how it actually works, but one of the problems I have with this is that it finds you if you don't have coverage. But you get fined, which... It could be a major problem because it punishes you for not being able to afford affordable care. This measure has not been amended since it was passed by the Senate on December 24th, 2009. So this, this is still exactly what it says. I should do a proper full episode on this because it's been forever since I've talked about it, but 
I don't believe that there's anyone trying to repeal the whole thing. I can imagine repealing, or at least introducing legislation to adjust parts of it. Because parts of it do need to change, of course. Everything is slowly refining towards perfection, but our medical services are far from perfect right now. Okay. Um, they're coming for your social security. Lowering costs for American families has nothing to do with social services or social security or Medicare. It probably has to do with just our other bills, rent, groceries, everything else. But all you do is keep talking about all of that. You encourage us to go vote. Okay, good. If you haven't voted today, go vote. Um, Although it's probably too late at the time this episode goes live, but go vote. Um, I'm, I, I need to figure out where I'm going to go to vote. Oh, I'll have to do that real quick. You know what? Let, let's just Google it. Near Where to vote near me tomorrow. 2022. I've got... Oh, cool. Google's got a thing where I can just type in my address where I'm registered, and it'll tell me where to go to vote. I am going to go to... Um, all voters use... Okay, I know where I'm going. Also, early voting. Except I'm not going to be early voting. I'm voting there. They might require a mask. Oh, God. I hope they don't require a mask. Anyway. I think I've gone through over everything I wanted to do. Um, oh, right. Back to the very beginning, where I said people were, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. But the government is like the central structure we build everything. And people think that, you know... Well, I say people think. I, I don't have... Some people think, especially like Richard Nixon and a lot of our presidents in the past, think that the government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem, and that we needed to reduce the government as much as possible. When we did that, it gave power to basically everyone else. And it makes sense. Checks and balances, of course. We need to make sure power is divvied up, so that way one person doesn't get it all and becomes very corrupt very quickly. But if you just give it away from the government. Well, they did give it away from the government. They gave it to all the private. They gave it to private companies, private businesses, things like that. Saying private basic fundamental rights are under on Jeopardy, in Jeopardy. Yeah, okay, so Social Security and Medicare, you want to protect those. But you titled this whole thing... Remarks on lowering costs for American families. Social security is used for people who are, well, one, retired, or two, unable to work. When it comes to those two types of people, usually those people 
well, they of course will have families, but they won't have like immediate families in their household that they need to worry about. I don't have that either yet, but I am on my own. I have my own household, technically. And I'm getting crushed by all my costs around me. And your remarks on lowering costs for American families, for American households, has nothing to do on how you're going to help lower my costs. Biden says about how he's going to lower everyone else's costs, but I feel almost abandoned. Forgotten, which is the worst part because I'm one of the younger demographics here, right? I'm one of the youngest people who are going to be able to even vote. And if my government doesn't care about me, like not going to do anything to help me, I need to change that because I, well, I don't want to go and say I'm the future, but basically, yes, the younger generation is the future. It's the foundation which will grow up and take your place. If you don't take care of them, are we going to take care of you when you're old and gray and need help like this? So saving social security is a good idea, but you got to take care of everyone else too, right? And you say you're lowering costs for American families. That'll lower costs for my grandfather. But it won't lower costs for my parents. It won't lower costs for me. And it won't cover any of us for a very long time until I reach that age. If I ever even get to reach that age. But because you're so worried about this, you just don't pay attention to anyone else. And you let us all fall. Which is coming to the last thing that I want to say. A lot of things that Biden has done is he's shown in a lot of the bills that have actually passed and the pardon that he passed in, yeah, the, in the bills that I previously talked about, in the pardon that he passed, the marijuana pardon, um, he said a lot about how this bill is intended to do such and such. Like, in the Inflation Reduction Act, it says, quote, no part of this section of this bill is intended to increase taxes on those who make less than $400,000 a year. Or in the marijuana pardon, it says, quote, I'm going to try and quote it as best I can. No part of this pardon is only the, the subject of this pardon is to only pardon the crime of simple possession of marijuana and no other crimes. But that's not what the actual pardon says. And for the Inflation Reduction Act, it doesn't say this bill will not increase taxes on those who make less than 400000 a year. It says this bill is not intended to increase taxes on those who make less than $400,000 a year. Clearly, Biden has never seen Star Wars, because if he did, he would know that there is do or do not. There is no intent. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. Feel free to comment on if you're watching this episode on YouTube or discuss this and other topics on my Discord server with me and other listeners. Just be sure to keep those rules in mind. Anyone, even you, are free to join in when new episodes are recorded at 7pm Central every Monday. They are also recorded live on Twitch at The Storm AI. The episodes are then released on Tuesday at 6pm Central, so I'll see you back here 
next week.